0: Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show, presented by DraftKings. Here's your host, Marcus Grant.
1: What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show, presented by DraftKings. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, still masking and socially distancing when and where necessary, hopefully. You were able to exercise your right to vote uh, up until Tuesday or sometime before that. Uh, I know that there's still things happening. But in the meantime, we are turning our attention to fantasy football. We got a big Wednesday show for you, as we always do. Adam Rank will come and join us. we will have his week nine starts and sits for us. We'll also talk about some guys who might be able to help you make that playoff run. You can see over my shoulder, for those of you watching the video show, playoff run time begins now. So for a lot of folks, it's time to get your rosters in order uh, we'll also look at some wiretaps from guys that you might have picked up in free agency and whether or not you should consider starting them in this week's games. Before we do that, though, let's talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy, Esquire. Murph, uh, how are you feeling on this Wednesday? I know a lot of folks around the country are a little bit sleepy eyed. Uh, how are you feeling right now?
2: yeah i'm one of those on, on top of all the election stuff I had a i had a wild day uh, yesterday um our friend erica uh producer over here her one of her dogs was sick and she was busy so i had to rush over to her house and take care of the 17 year old pup and then uh, i'm in like a three-way legal battle with my apartment complex and another uh, lawyer here so i um i want to like scoop my brain out of uh, my head and just like toss it in the
1: road because i'm just like i'm losing it right now Well, we will try to make this uh, as easy and painless on you as possible uh, so you can just sort of get through this one and uh, get back to the rest of your real life, which sounds a little bit hectic. And uh, uh, best wishes to Ricky Hollywood. Uh, Hopefully everything is okay with. uh, with Yeah, that's for sure. She's doing doing well now. Not not
2: thanks so much to my care, but just kind of keep some eyes (laughs) on him, but he's doing, he's doing all right. And, uh, I'm, I'm I'm actually one bright spot. I'm, I'm happy about that. So that's good.
1: All right. Well, that is, that's absolutely good to hear. All right. Uh, let's turn our attention and bring in Adam rank joining us as he always does on a Wednesday. And, uh, I, I just have to ask you, you tweeted like late last night that you were drinking coffee in the middle of the night. And so I want to know, uh, did you actually sleep or you just still awake from like midnight or whatever?
2: No, I, 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 Excuse me, I fell asleep eventually, and it. My, my conjecture is that there was some decaf mixed in, because I drink a lot of coffee and I leave it all over the house because I'll drink it room temperature or colder because I'm a lunatic. And I don't know, the, the, the coffee I was drinking could have been four days old, it could have been from Sunday, who knows? And so my wife's conjecture is that it was decaf because she's like, you're gonna die if I don't make at least half of these pots decaf. So she, <laughs> she mixes it in, it's kind of a placebo effect thing. I don't care. But uh, I did get a little bit of rest, and I woke up, and uh, things had changed. But there's still a lot going on. And if you see my eyes darting around, I'm looking at a lot of different things. But I'm trying to be as committed as possible to helping you win in week nine.
1: I am. I'm sort of amused by the idea of you just having random cups of coffee around the house, sort of like sort of like water stations at marathon mile markers. Like you just. Well, look. You know. Like I've got a. I got this mug. There's that.
2: There's, uh, I'm pretty sure there's coffee in here. Uh, this, hold on, what's this? Oh, that's bourbon. Um, but we're good. There was another coffee cup I had around here somewhere, so I
1: think we're good. It's, listen, this is normal, right? Like normal people behave this way, correct? You just you do whatever works for you, so I'm, I'm not <laughs> I'm not totally mad at it. Um, all right. Uh, The Cowboys, they have been in dire straits pretty much ever since Dak Prescott went down with that season-ending injury. Last week, they started Ben DiNucci. uh, As we dive into some fantasy headlines here, they started Ben DiNucci against the Eagles. That wasn't great. Uh, Now Andy Dalton has been placed on the COVID-19 reserve list, so we know that he is out for this week's game against the Steelers. It looks like maybe Cooper Rush, Ben DiNucci, I guess, is still in the mix potentially to start. I know that nobody is starting either one of those quarterback options, but the bigger question is, does this mean it's time for us to sit all of our Cowboys, at least for this week?
2: You know what? I don't want to give it too much of a spoiler away for our start sits. We might be talking about CeeDee Lamb in here a little bit later, or Michael Gallup. And I took the cowards way, or I or originally had taken the cowards way off and saying like, you can't start CeeDee Lamb. You can't start Michael Gallup. But as we, And Because anticipating that Andy Dalton was going to be able to return, but once it came down to Danuch... Or Cooper, which is like some Western, Cooper and Danucch. Uh law, <laughs> law, law fighters or law enforcers from the mid from Yuma in the 1800s, whatever. Here's my thing with that though, <laughs> is I look at Amari Cooper as somebody that I don't want to start this week. And it's not I'm not trying to besmirch Danucci or anything like that. You know, these these young quarterbacks can come into the league and make an impact. We've seen that with um with Gardner Minshew recently, Nicky Mullins does this kind of thing, C.J. Beathard, guys that have, they've done this. The problem that I have that I keep going back to is the offensive line, is that they're just not having enough time to do anything. And if you thought it was bad last week going up against the Philadelphia Eagles, they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's the thing that's given me the most pause. If it was a, I don't know, if it was any other team or a, an easier matchup, I would feel a little bit more confident in it. But because it's the Steelers and their great defensive front, then I'm like, I'm out. I'm out of everybody. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, I'd probably have to play. But, like, I don't want to play Am- Amari Cooper unless it's absolutely necessary.
1: I'm pretty sure Cooper and the Nooch was a buddy comedy starring Jeff Bridges and Clint Eastwood. I think that's uh, I think that's where That's that, the that one. Yeah, from. that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, exactly. Um, Is that the one with I, the orangutan? Yes. Yes, I think so. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah. Um, I would say the only cowboy I have any mild confidence is Ezekiel Elliott, and even that is is extremely limited. I just feel like look, throwing the ball downfield is going to be nearly impossible. I, I worry about Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup has been pretty much off the radar for most of the season anyway, so I think he's an easy fave this week. You know, C. D. Lamb, I guess if you are in a pinch, I can understand maybe putting him in and, and hoping he gets uh, a few easy targets. But I think Ezekiel Elliott's kind of the only guy that I sort of believe in, and even that is pretty limited. I mean, uh, you look at the top of most fantasy drafts, and it has been a, a just disaster, right? Christian McCaffrey, I know he's coming back to practice this week, but he's been hurt for a long stretch. Saquon Barkley's gone for the year. Michael Thomas has been out for a while, and now Zeke is struggling. So uh, you haven't gotten Michael good Thomas. returns there. Michael Thomas. I mean, yeah, he's been gone for a while. Uh, I mean, look, if you took Alvin Kamara, you feel great. Everybody else has has just left you wanting more. So, I, you know, I I understand playing Zeke. I, I also understand not really being excited about it because uh, this is just a disaster now, and it's going to be this way for, for a while. I mean, you do you advocate trading any of these guys? Because I feel like if you try to trade any of these Cowboys, you're not going to get much in return for them. Yeah,
2: nobody wants them. Like it, everybody everybody sees what's going on. They're like, I don't want that. They just saw you you know, break your skateboard. You're not going to be able to put that on eBay and try to sell it to people. They're like, I don't want that. I don't want the spare parts. And you're not going to get the return. It's almost, but it, it is almost better. Like if you can get anything for them, it, it's almost worth it just so you don't have these roster decisions every week because that is going to be the most frustrating thing. And I know as we start looking through our Twitter mentions, people are asking about Ezekiel Elliott. Do you want to play I and it's crazy to think about do I want to play Ezekiel Elliott or do I want to play um Jamichael McNasty or whoever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like those those are the those are the questions that I'm getting. Do I want to start Amari Cooper? Or Quintes Cephas. Like, I don't know. Like, I thought about it for a second. Like, you might be on something. Detroit's got a better matchup. So this is the craziest thing is, like, if you could get rid of him, like, I don't want the decision. It goes back to, like, I got auto-picked David Johnson, and it's been the biggest. And he keeps having great matchups, and I can't <laughs> bench him. And I'm like, God. And then I had Christian McCaffrey on that team, so he was on IR. So I had to keep playing him, and I'm like, I just want this player off my roster. And just when I thought I was going to be free and clear, because McCaffrey's coming back, and I'm like, okay, this is great. I can get rid of David Johnson this week. And then Miles Gaskin gets hurt. I'm like, I'm going to yeah. have to keep this guy. I can't get rid of him. So I feel the same way with the Cowboys. If I can get rid of them, I don't know. Would I would I trade Ezekiel Elliott for Rodrigo Blankenship right now? Maybe. <laughs> well, <laughs> Blankenship of, missed a couple cool, kicks.
1: Do so. you get a cool pair of specs, though, if you do that? Does that That's that why I wear these deal? specs. It's gotta like, this be This is awesome.
2: what I do. This is, a, this is always an homage to Rodrigo Blankenship. And because you like it so much. Like I it's do. really I now a thing. I have to take my contacts out because now like to give everybody, I'm gonna open the curtain a little bit. Like I do the PSAs that you see each week. I film those Wednesday before we do this show. And so I don't wear glasses in that because I don't want the reflection. This show, I guess I don't care about. But now it's become <laughs> our thing. And it's like, oh, Marcus likes this so much. Because my wife's like, why are you still, why did you put your glasses back on? I'm like, Marcus likes it. So I'm going to do it. Because he's my friend. Hey, well, and I, I want to make him happy.
1: I don't know. Listen, I, uh, it's something that makes Marcus smile for a moment. Like, I'm going to do it because I care. I, I truly, truly do appreciate that. That's that's really wonderful. It it does. It warms my heart to hear that. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Let's go down to Jacksonville where Gardner Minshew is not going to play this week. He's dealing with some thumb issues that we just learned about sort of after the fact. Uh, The Jaguars instead are turning to Jake Luton. Over Mike Glennon to start against the Houston Texans, which I guess Thank makes God. sense, right? We sort of know what Mike Glennon is. Let's see what the young guy can do. See what you know, see what, what happens when you throw him out there. Plus, it keeps the Pac-12 North pipeline going <laughs> down there in Jacksonville. We go from Washington State Sixth to round. Oregon State. It is. It's, it's great. Uh, you know, like as a Pac-12 guy, I'm totally all about this. But the question now becomes, with Jake Luton there, and you know, we have to show you Oregon State highlights because we don't Love have it. any NFL highlights there. Um, how do we approach the pass catchers, though, in this Jaguars offense with a new quarterback?
2: Well, before I say anything, I got to tell you, that facility, Reeser Stadium in Corvallis, is so gorgeous now. I was there a number of years ago when Matt Moore was the quarterback for Oregon State. He was playing Joey Harrington in that game where they were – Oregon State had one loss, the Ducks were undefeated, and it was it was a fine stadium, but now it's gorgeous, and nobody cares about that. But here's my <laughs> thing with Jake Lute. This is different. To me, when you're talking about Ben DiNucci or Cooper Rush or anything like that, and I know the Jags don't have the best offensive line in the world, but they've got a solid running game. DJ Chark is a proven receiver. This is a good opportunity. Now, obviously, we're not going to start Jake Luton unless you're in a super flex league or you're in some sort of situation I don't even want to know about. But I think that he can make those receivers effective. Like, this is one of the things where, because the NFL has evolved so much in the college game has evolved so much that these guys come into the league ready to throw the football. I mean, Gardner Minshew was in the same situation, and he was a revelation. So I will not dismiss Jake here. I think that he could go out there. I have no hesitation in starting DJ Chark this week. I think he's going to be just as good as he would have been with Gardner. And to me, don't worry about it. Like, it's fine. Like, this is a completely different situation from the Cowboys because the Cowboys' offensive line is miserable. And not that the Jags are that great – but they're better than the Cowboys' offensive line right now. So feel confident with your
1: periphery, your satellite players around Jake Luton. (laughs) My hope is that Luton comes in there and just basically just goes YOLO on it, right? Like, hey, here I am. I'm the backup. I'm a rookie. Nobody expects much out of me. I want him to go in there and just start slinging the ball downfield, which would be great news for DJ Chark. It would be good news for for Keelan Cole and those guys there. So I'm sort of holding on to that. That maybe that's a, that's what's going to happen here, and it, it kind of keeps those guys afloat. Because I think that's you know that's one thing we're just basically waiting on, right? We're just we're just wanting to see if those periphery guys are going to still be worthwhile. I think James Robinson, you can be fine with. I mean, he's run the football so effectively this year that I'm not really concerned about him, especially uh, against this Texans defense. I just want to feel confident that that Chark, that Cole, maybe that Lavisca Chenault still have a little bit of fantasy value. And I think a lot of it just depends on uh, on, on Jake Luton just going out there and. Uh, and decide to just go like you know straight Ryan Fitzpatrick on it and just slinging the rock all over the yard. So, uh, yeah. but it'll be fun to watch. I mean, look, I, if nothing else, they're going to be intriguing, right? They're, they're interesting.
2: Yes, and I think that one thing that we failed to mention too, they're going up against the Texans, which is completely different than going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm sorry, I should have I should have mentioned that off the top. Too. That's another <laughs> big thing too. So again, I know a lot of times that when when people will make jokes about it because I know a lot of people like I know you and I have seen Jake play. A lot of people haven't and they always like to act like, "Oh my god, like I'm going to stream the Texans defense. Don't, don't do that. That's not a good defense." <laughs> and I'm telling you, this guy can throw the football. So I'm I'm pretty confident. I think this is going to be fun. I'm I'm actually like really looking forward to that game.
1: Pac-12 after dark, man. There's so many gems <laughs> that, uh, that that most of the country doesn't get to see that us uh, nerds out here on the West Coast get to check out on a regular basis. So we'll see. We'll see The Jake Luton uh, is the next big Pac-12 North kind of superstar that comes out of nowhere. All right. Anyway, for us, today's show is sponsored by DraftKings, a leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week, so download the DraftKings app now. Use code TEAM during sign-up and start feeling the sweat like never before. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings .com for details. It's Time for Fast Connections presented by Verizon. We've got a handful of guys that could help you make the playoffs in your fantasy leagues. We'll go through and we'll debate each one whether or not that's a guy you might want to try to acquire before the trade deadline or whether or not uh, you know, he just is going to be just just a guy on your roster. So we'll start with Carson Wentz, who I had big hopes for him coming into the season. The start of the year was pretty ugly. He sort of bounced back, but that game uh, on Sunday night against the Giants was not particularly pretty, or actually against the uh, Cowboys was not particularly pretty. But the schedule is sort of favorable, so is is he a guy that can be a hero for you in this stretch run?
2: He had a pair of touchdowns, Marcus. How is that not great for you? I'm assuming he had double-digit points. Oh, wait, I'm checking my notes. He did not. So, okay. <laughs> Apologies for that. I do look at this Eagles. And I like Carson Wentz. I do think that he can be very good for you down this stretch. I think one of the biggest keys is that they found a bona fide number one wide receiver with Travis Fulgham. So I think he's a stud. Like, that is just a good player. So you're going to you're gonna have – so he's solid there. Jalen Rager came back on Sunday. He's going to be fine. Like, you don't need him to carry this offense like we thought he was going to need to do. And at some point, Miles Sanders is going to return as well. Their biggest issue, and I know we're going to talk about this with a lot of teams, is on the offensive line. But I'm confident enough that with capable weapons, and Dallas Goddard got got healthy as well, that they could eventually start making a little bit of a run here. And they won ugly on Sunday night. And you know, it doesn't it doesn't hurt. And look at these matchups. I mean, that Seahawks game, that's gonna be ridiculous. The Giants again. Did they play the Giants like two weeks ago? What has happened well, they're on a five this week? I listen, I like Carson Wentz, and as somebody who roots for the Bears. I would happily take Carson Wentz on my on my <laughs> squad. So, you know what? I I, I think he's fine. I, I think people are overreacting. You're starting. You're sounding like Eagles fans, and I need you to knock it off.
1: I I'm on the side of Carson Wentz here, and yeah, the the eight point six points he got you the other night not great. But weirdly for all the consternation over Carson Wentz he's the QB9 right now. I mean he's he legitimately is a top 10 quarterback. He's had some highs, he's had some lows, but things are getting better. You talk about, you know, the guys who were either there or are getting healthy and coming back. That's going to help. And on top of just the the upcoming schedule, I look at his playoff schedule. Week 14, he's got the Saints, who have given up a ton of passing yards. And then week 16, he's got the Cowboys again. And I don't expect that they're going to be significantly better than the last time these two teams played. So I'm going to sort of take what happened on Sunday night as a bit of a hiccup and that by the time these two teams meet again in week 16 then everything's going to be better and Carson Wentz is going to be the guy to maybe help you win a championship I mean I know it's weird because for Eagles fans you know they're not used to having Carson Wentz when it comes to a playoff run but uh for fantasy oh, come it, it, on it, sorry was that was that was that too much of a that's cheap shot that's too much somewhere. that was that that all was right not cool. <laughs> uh but but I think he can be there for for your fantasy team so speaking of your Chicago Bears David Montgomery is getting more work since Tariq Cohen went down with an injury. He's getting more targets. I know the the running joke about him on Twitter, on fantasy Twitter, is basically that, like, if you need 10 points, he'll get you 10. If you need 20, he'll get you 10. But the schedule doesn't work out for, for him down the, st- <laughs> the The schedule works out for him down the stretch. I mean, should we be buying into him maybe being a, a playoff potential hero for you?
2: Let me put this in a couple of parts. I'm going to say for fantasy purposes, no. He's dead, no. Just for the, for the joke that you talked about. I do want to say this, though. David Montgomery is the best running back in the NFL. If you watch his games, the amount of production he gets for the lack of blocking in front of him <laughs> is truly incredible. And, you know, I was listening to uh, – I won't say who it was, but I was listening to uh, – I was in the car. Like, believe it or not, I was actually in a car – And I was listening to Sirius XM. And these guys were dogging David Montgomery. So, you know, it wasn't Brad Evans. So you can, if you're going to try to narrow this down. (laughs) I couldn't believe that these guys were dogging David Montgomery. I'm like, do you even watch this? Like, he is under duress even before he gets the football. He has to make three moves to get to the line of scrimmage. And then he goes, look at that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I mean, that that
2: should have been tackled behind the line of scrimmage. Like, we could go through a lot of this. He catches the ball well out of the backfield. And I know a lot of people are, are talking about the quarterback and Nick Foles. And for whatever reason, Matt Nagy is the one who gets vilified through all of this. But to me, as a, as a close observer of the Chicago Bears, it's the offensive line. And I feel bad. And I feel bad that it, it's hurting everybody. This is a playoff team. If – They could have gotten, you know, and they've had injuries, too. Like, they have a COVID issue. They've got injuries now. It's not anybody's fault, but they really need to invest in the offensive line during the offseason. They need to find their Andrew Whitworth, and it can turn it around in an offseason, but it's not going to help you for the rest of the year
1: i know that it was not brad evans dogging david montgomery because if you know anything about brad you know that he would walk barefoot he would walk barefoot over a pile of burning broken glass to defend david montgomery so I, i i know that 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 he was not the one all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna look at this and maybe i don't have the you know the keen insight of a bears fan who watches this regularly but the matchups are certainly favorable. The usage rates are certainly favorable. I mean, he's got two games against the Vikings defense, and they're not particularly good against the run. He gets to see uh, the, the, the Texans. He still gets to see the Lions. These are teams with bad run defenses. And throwing the fact that he's getting more targets, that is optimistic. Now, the production part of it maybe is, is something that to be desired. But I'm going to say that, that he can help you out just because I feel like so many of the stars are aligned. And maybe he just has a couple of really nice games in there. But I also understand that I, I'm not the one who suffers and lives and dies with this offense right. on a weekly basis. And I know that Bears fans have a, a completely different perspective. And I respect that. I understand it. Thank you. Uh, I'm, just, I'm coming at this as a dispassionate outside observer just sort of watching this team play. So I get, you know what I
2: uh, and I you know what I am going to call out the person who it was because I think he's a friend of the show and we should make an effort to get Jeff Ratcliffe on this show. Okay, I will I will confront him. That's who it was. I, I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, like he's he's been on this show before. I shouldn't feel too he has, weird about. He, him. he has, and I I like Jeff. Like don't get don't get it twisted. I'm not taking shots at him. I disagree with him on the issue of David Montgomery. He's very good. I like Jeff. Uh, very good at what he does. I disagree with him on David Montgomery. I just wanted to end this because it, it obviously wasn't Brad. But I'm like, oh, yeah, we can. <laughs> but Jeff comes on the show periodically. So yeah, effort to get him before. on. And we will argue about this.
1: And he and I have had uh, good natured disagreements over players both on and off this show. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure he could stand up to uh, any question. I'm, sure he's, <laughs> he's I'm sure he's fine. He's still okay. Uh, Jarvis Landry, who is, you know, obviously, I guess the de facto number one receiver now with Odell Beckham Jr. out for the rest of the year, the Browns have a pretty favorable wide receiver schedule for the rest of the season. I know their passing game is sort of hit or miss, but do we have a level of confidence in Jarvis Landry for the end of the year?
2: Well, I think that you, you hit the nail right on the head is that the passing passing situation is way too volatile. And this was the problem with Odell Beckham Jr., is that we had to come out, and I never wanted to seem like I was dogging OBJ because he legitimately is one of my favorite players in the league. I love Jarvis a lot, too. It goes back to the NCAA, the EA Sports NCAA football game because the final year they made it was that juggernaut LSU team, which might have been better than the team that won it. Well, their quarterback wasn't as good. But they had Jarvis Landry. They had OBJ. They had Jeremy Hill. They had other, they had another stud, Alfred Blue, I think, was on that team. They had a bunch of studs on it, so I'm, I'm a huge fan. But again, I I really appreciate what the Browns are doing. I think Kevin Stefanski has done wonders with that team, and I think they're they're very efficient. They're very good, and they're they're a fun team to watch. But you know what? For fantasy, it's not always going to work out in our favor. And I say this as somebody who started Cream Hunt last week, and I'm still a little upset about that. how that how you didn't take advantage of the Raiders run defense, but that's a story for another day. But there are some matchups and we're looking at them right now. The Houston, you're going to start him against them. You're going to start him against the Titans. He, I I don't say that he's a league winner, but he's a guy who could win you certain weeks. And I think he's a valuable commodity. I wouldn't let him go, but I don't think that he's the guy that every week you need to get him into your life. Is that like Tyler Boyd. Like I think Tyler Boyd, I think, you know, I don't, I don't know if they're comparable but I think like Tyler Boyd is a guy like that's the guy you got to start every week. Jarvis Landry is like I'm picking my spots. Jacksonville's probably another great matchup as well. So I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'll talk myself into it if you give me enough time.
1: <laughs> no, I, I think you're. I think you're pretty spot on with it. I, I think you're right. Jarvis is sort of a matchup based guy. He is one of those guys. As me, as somebody who is an opponent of the idea of PPR, at least full point PPR, Jarvis <laughs> Landry stupid. for a long time has been. He has been the poster child for for my dissent there, right? Because I mean, he was he was a king of the guys who would get you like 90 catches for like 800 yards, and you're like, this is not objectively a great Great season, but he's having good PPR numbers and it's frustrating. The other part that frustrates me with, and it's not Jarvis's fault, but this is a team that wants to run the football. Uh, I know they didn't do it particularly well last week against the Raiders, but that's what they want to do. And Nick Chubb is going to be back very soon, potentially this week. So, or actually, I guess but next week, they're on a bye, right? So it'll be after the bye that Nick Chubb is going to come back and play. So that means they're going to go back to primarily trying to run the football, They will throw it when they have to so i just think that landry's opportunities will be lessened so i'm sort of with you that i think you pick and choose your spots but he's not necessarily going to be that guy that you look back on you're like man he he really led me into and through the playoffs i just i just don't think the browns offense is sort of built that way uh last one is evan ingram who a couple weeks ago i think we were all ready to just sort of give up the ghost on and then he actually had a pretty decent game on Monday night against the Buccaneers, even though the, the Giants lost. Uh, Ingram played fairly well. He finally made that over-the-shoulder catch that Giants fans wanted him to make a couple of weeks previous. So you got that. You have, a, again, a fairly favorable tight end schedule for him the rest of the way. Is that enough to have us buy back in for these final weeks of the regular season?
2: I know when we fly the cry on, it's going to say no, and that's fine. Cause I don't think that he's going to be a Travis Kelsey like player who week in and week out, we're going to be able to trust and he's going to come through for us. But we're starting to see a little bit. of We're starting to see some breakthroughs. As you mentioned, he made a throw or he made a catch that he did make a couple of weeks ago. That's encouraging. We also, we also see that this giants team doesn't quit. Like that is the one thing that, and I know, uh, I know I, I saw this on Twitter. I, I'm so sorry. I, I would say who it was, but I forgot who it was. Maybe it was Jason Hartilius who who pointed this out, our producer on Good Morning Football Weekend, uh, about how we, we're not quite sure about Daniel Jones and what he's going to be able to do. But it feels like this team really believes in Joe Judge, and they're playing hard. They're playing well defensively. They're playing well at times offensively, too. So I'm encouraged. I think that I'm going to keep – if you have Evan Ingram on any of your teams, I'm going to keep him. Because I think it's better than trying to each week figure out, is this going to be a week that Trey Burton runs in a touchdown? Does Logan Thomas break out this week? What do we do with Johnny Smith? I think if you have Evan Ingram, you just got to kind of – you just got to play it out and realize that the tight end position is probably not going to win it for you,
1: but he should be good enough that he doesn't lose it for you. That is probably the smart way to look at it. Um, I – I guess I just lo- I've lost faith, but I but I'm with you when I look at the rest of the tight end situation because you know we all get questions. Of, what am I going to do at tight end? And especially this week, now that George Kittle is out presumably for the rest of the year, uh, you're going to get a lot of questions about what to do about tight end. And I guess if you have Evan Ingram and you know he's going to get consistent snaps and consistent targets, that makes it hard to sort of pivot away from him. I am not sold that he's going to have this great awakening over the next month that is gonna somehow you know make you feel better about what's happened for the first two months of the season. But um you could do you could be doing worse. You could really be streaming off the waiver wire. You could be trying to figure out if you know Mo Alley Cox somehow gets an end zone target this week or you know whatever. So yeah it's it's a situation where I'm not really jazzed about Evan Ingram but uh, you know what uh, your 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 lot in your fantasy life could be a whole lot worse off at the tight end position than a guy that you know is going to you know be locked in for probably 5 to 7 targets a game so yay i don't yeah, know if that's i going mean to they,
2: like he's going to be the wide receiver or excuse me the tight end
1: eight every week time to preview this week's Thursday night football game between the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers i guess one Really big disclaimer, and this uh, came down as of Wednesday morning. The 49ers had to shut down their facility on Wednesday because they had a player, uh, Kendrick Bourne, test positive for COVID-19. He is not symptomatic, at least as of the time of the reporting. He is isolating, but the Niners not working uh, together. They're probably working remotely on Wednesday. As of now, the Thursday night football game is scheduled to go on. On the At the same time, the Packers have had their own COVID situations where they are going to be down uh, a couple of running backs because uh, A.J. Dillon, Jamal Williams, both not available. Throw in the fact that Aaron Jones is still dealing with some injury issues as well. So uh, sort of a lot to unpack here. But... What we can tell you is that if this game does play, which it is scheduled to, Tyler Irvin's Dexter Williams are the guys who are expected to be in the backfield for the Green Bay Packers. So, rank, do you trust starting either one of those guys this week against the 49ers?
2: You know what? I would probably have to avoid either one of these players. I know the 49ers have some injury issues, but that defense is still pretty good. So I'm going to avoid it. It's interesting, and we were talking about this before we we returned from our break, Dexter Williams obviously played at Notre Dame. We're familiar with him or whatever. But where Rank really makes his money is typically when we start talking about these players who play it in the Mountain West or the WAC or anything like that, I can usually come in and be like, I saw this guy play. I love watching college football late on a Saturday night. I've seen this guy play. And Tyler Irvin's unfortunately, doesn't. Like, I don't have a a memory of of like, we'll see, guys. I'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember this game against UNLV. He did this. I like him. Or he did this against BYU. I don't have that with Tyler Irvin's, and I apologize to him and his family. This is, this is I, I feel like I've let you down, and I wish I had a better read on Tyler Irvin's. This is usually where I can come through for you and do this, but I just want to be completely transparent. I can sit here and lie to you, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be transparent as possible. I don't have a great read on Tyler Irvin, so I'm going to probably avoid it. The one thing and I know this probably leads us into a different discussion, Robert Tunyon might end up benefiting from this because Aaron Rodgers likes to target running backs when he gets to the goal line, in addition to Devontae Adams, obviously. So I think that perhaps he could get a red zone. Like, I'm I'm saying this to somebody who has a lot of shares of Robert Tunyon and some <laughs> other teams. Like, can we give him? Like, Aaron Rodgers, I was defending you this week when you guys didn't make a trade for Will Fuller. Just remember that. Robert Tunyon this week. That's all I'm saying. That's what I'll, I'll leave it there. I'll leave that there for
1: you. I, I can, but I can buy into Robert Tunyon getting some extra targets this week. I mean, for a number of reasons, some of which we'll, we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, as for the running backs, I'm with you. I think you just sort of stay away from them. I think this is the benefit though of this game being played on Thursday, right? Like if if it were a, a Sunday night or a Monday game and you were having running back questions, then I guess you, you consider those guys as a very last resort. But having be on Thursday... You, you generally have plenty of other options to go and try to fill that running back spot or the flex spot if you need to. So I don't feel any need to try and shoehorn those guys in uh, you know, it's a situation where neither one of them has really gotten a whole lot of snaps. In fact, I think I believe it's Dexter Williams. Most of his snaps have come as a wide receiver, I think, this year. So, yeah. Um, yeah, this is not one that I would even I would even bother to mess around with. So you, you can sort of let this one just walk on by. And you hope that uh, you know for the following weeks that you know hopefully hopefully everything is fine with AJ Dillon and and uh, Jamal Williams just from a human standpoint uh, and then Aaron Jones gets healthy. Leave the Packer running backs alone, and we'll try again in the future. As a wide receiver, we know Devontae Adams is going to get targets. And actually, with this game being in in Santa Clara, uh, he's sort of it's sort of a homecoming because he's from just down the road in Palo Alto, not that far away. We know he's going to get his targets. Are there any other Packers wide receivers you would consider in this one? Wait, is he
2: really from Palo Alto? How did he end up at Fresno State and not Stanford? What is going uh, on?
1: Don't know. David don't Shaw. Know. Get, how he's from you, Palo Alto, yeah.
2: <laughs> how did you let this happen, David Shaw? Like, that seems unusual. Like, David Shaw is a great recruiter. He's a great coach. In any event, uh, I don't like any of the, no, I'm not taking – no. I'm not going for any other Packers receiver because Aaron Rodgers – does not look at any other Packers receiver. I mean, it's just ridiculous the amount of production and targets that Devontae Adams gets. I mean, it's cool. Like, it's not a. it, it would be worse if it was a situation like the Seahawks where Russell Wilson is, you know, trying to figure out which receiver he's going to feed the ball to every week, and he only picks one and rolls with it. We have no such issue with Aaron Rodgers, so I appreciate the fact that he's only going for Devontae Adams. Everybody else is too risky. And again, going back to the whole thing, Robert Tunyon, if you're looking at
1: pass catchers, that's the only other guy I would consider in this situation. I just have to say for the record that I'm, I'm completely washing my hands of Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, at the start of the year, we were having that debate about, you know, if you're picking another wide receiver, is it is it MVS? Is it Alan Lazard? I will say that I was totally wrong because it was the Lazard king. That was the appropriate answer for the, you know, one week or two that would right. viable. <laughs> Uh, and I know that Packer fans are like saying, you know, wait till Alan Lazard gets back. And I'm like, yeah, OK, sure, whatever. I, I'm out. I, if it's not Devontae Adams and I just don't want any part of it at the wide receiver spot, I can make a case for Robert Tunyon. But that's pretty much it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has he has his guy. He's He's got his guy that he loves. And he's going to pepper him with 110 billion targets. And uh, and everybody else is just sort of playing for whatever's left over. So, yeah, there you go. Um one thing we know is that the Packer run defense is not very good. It hasn't been good all year. It wasn't good last year. The Niners ran them over in the NFC Championship game, but they won't have Raheem Mostert. They will have Jermichael Hasty and Jarek McKinnon, though. So if you had to pick between them, which one are you going with? I'm gonna
2: go with Jermichael Hasty. And I know that I I botched his name earlier. <laughs> I apologize. It's been a late night. There's a lot going on in the world. I, I apologize. But I really like Jermichael Hasty. And I know that a lot of people, maybe not a lot of people, there's a number of people who've called him mini Marshawn Lynch, and I would like you to stop that because <laughs> don't put the pressure on the young man. That's that's a very – like Marshawn Lynch is one of the best players in NFL history. So let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit, but I really like his game. And this is where I wish Kyle Shanahan was a normal coach who was like, oh, I found a running back who's really good. My schemes are amazing. I'm gonna go with that one guy, but no, he wants to spread the wealth. He wants to bring in Derek McKinnon. If Tevin Coleman is in uniform, he's on the field for whatever reason. I just need more Jermichael Hasty in my life because I really do believe that he could be a breakthrough candidate. We're just—I just, just wanted—I I want to see it. Like I want that to happen. But uh, if, we're, if I'm picking,
1: if I'm choosing the running back, I want to get behind. It would be him. I'm I'm with you 100 percent on Jamichael Hasty. I I don't I don't wish injury upon anybody, but Tevin Coleman being hurt sort of saves Kyle Shanahan from himself because for whatever reason he has this weird love affair with Tevin Coleman despite Coleman being easily the least effective of all the 49ers backs there. Uh, and look, Jarek McKinnon, I, I like what he does, but he only seems to be effective in small stretches. I know the Niners have complained uh, or have warned that he's been kind of, uh, you know, tired legs. I think legs was the phrase. Yeah. Dead legs was the phrase that they, they were using recently. So that means he's not going to get that sort of workload. And let's be honest, the Niners need playmakers, right? I mean, they're down their starting quarterback. Uh, they're not going to have their, their all-world tight end. Uh, they're running back one, Raheem Mostert, is still on injured reserve. They're running back two and Tevin Coleman is hurt. So they need somebody who can do something for them. I I have my doubts about Brandon Ayuk, uh, because you know the Packer wider because the Packer secondary is pretty good. So I do think there's gonna be a lot of Jermichael Hasty. Uh, speaking of Brandon Ayuk, I mean I I guess you consider starting him because he's probably gonna get the most targets. Uh, is that it though when it comes to pass catchers? Anybody else that gets a look in that Niner offense?
2: Well, I'm wondering if he gets covered by uh, Jair Alexander who's been shutting down everybody when given the opportunity. That is one of the things that scares me. And I don't want to sit here and talk down about Nicky Mullins because we've seen him come in and play well in spots. So, yeah, this is a tough situation. Like, I'm really worried about Brandon himself. I'm going up against him in my League of Records. I'm trying to breathe this into existence. (laughs) If I'm looking at a pass catcher, the guy that I would probably go with is Ross Dwelly. Nicky Mullins targets his tight ends, which is easy to do when you have – George Kittle, but we saw last week they had a nice connection in that game against the Seahawks. The Seahawks, a team that actually plays pretty well against the tight end position. So Ross Dwelly is probably somebody that I'm looking at, probably more for DFS, because when you're setting your DFS lineups, you're going to want to take one of those Packers running backs, uh, Jermichael uh, who else? Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, stack them. <laughs> right. uh, but I think Ross Dwelly is the guy that I would absolutely be
1: looking at. I would have said Kendrick Bourne, but uh, he tested positive for COVID-19, yeah. so he is not going to be available. I mean, he would have been the other wide receiver out there. Uh, I mean, the Niners are shorthanded there because Debo Samuel is hurt. They cut uh, Dante Pettis on Tuesday. So they're really shorthanded at the position. And with Ayuk, as you mentioned, likely to tangle with Jair Alexander, it's just it's a bad situation. So, um, you know, for me, it's, it's Ayuk in a pinch, and after that, I guess I'm I'm sort of away. I, I know there's talk that Jordan Reed might be available. I don't know if he's been activated off injured reserve just yet. Um, I guess that in a in a pinch, uh, if you really want to be contrarian or really want to be YOLO about it in your DFS lineups, I guess you can consider Jordan Reed. But I don't know how excited. I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. All right. All right. Cool. Well, then I've, I've talked myself into uh, into that. A yeah, little, it's so good.
2: That was good. I, I, I didn't know. I listen. I wanted to give Dwelle a little bit of love, but yeah, if Reed returns. We've seen him play pretty well when he gets an yeah. opportunity with this team. They know how to use him. So yeah, if he's active, like that's a fun play, and that's probably a go. sneaky one too, because a lot of people probably aren't keeping an eye on it as closely as we are.
1: It's time for Secure Starts, presented by Visa. For peace of mind online, Visa's got you covered. It's as we always do this time of the show. Adam Rank has his Week 9 starts and sits, so we will start to the good. And which quarterbacks uh, should folks be starting this week? Well,
2: let's start with Lamar Jackson, because I know we're getting a lot of questions about him, and I have him as a start this week going up against the Indianapolis Colts, who have been one of the tougher teams against quarterbacks This season, Lamar Jackson himself has scuffled a little bit. He's currently the quarterback 10, averaging just right around 20 fantasy points per game. But what we need to look at here are the recent twins, trends. Uh, The Colts have allowed a top four quarterback finish uh, last last week. Matthew Stafford got him for 336 and three touchdowns. They've allowed a top 13 quarterback in two consecutive games. Joe Burrow threw for them, threw a lot of yards against them but didn't get into the end zone. But I think because of the floor with Lamar Jackson running, he's a safe start. And I'm also going to go back to Cam Newton. He had 18 fantasy points on Sunday. He lost two on that fumble, which was unfortunate, but he's had at least 18 fantasy points in two out of his last three games. He's still a great threat to run the football himself. The Jets have allowed nine rushing touchdowns this season. They've allowed the fourth most yards per game passing this season. So this is a good matchup. Cam didn't play horrible last week. I know he had that unfortunate fumble again, but he played well, and I would feel confident starting him.
1: All right, so we uh, hopefully, a couple of scuffling quarterbacks are back in our good graces. Uh, at the running back spot, who who has your eye this week? Well, I'm going to go back to Clyde Edwards-Elair, who for the first time this season did
2: not get 11, at least 11 fantasy points, and that's okay, because that Jets game was kind of weird. It was kind of like, Patrick Mahomes wanted to flex a little bit. He wanted to throw the football. When Patrick Mahomes decides he's going to throw five touchdowns, he's just throwing five touchdowns. But now you've got a great matchup against the Carolina Panthers who've allowed the third most fantasy points per game to running backs. The only reason that streak got broken is because David Montgomery didn't take advantage of it. And they've allowed the fourth most scrimmage yards to running backs this season. And another running back that I really like this week is James Robinson going up against the Houston Texans again We talked about Jake Luton earlier in the show. I don't think he's going to be a detriment, especially not against this Texans team. They've allowed the fourth most fantasy points per game to running backs this season, just behind the Carolina Panthers. They've allowed the most rushing yards per game this season, 151 on average. And you know what? James Robinson averages over 100 scrimmage yards per game. So I feel you you should feel very comfortable with this matchup.
1: Yeah, I see no drop-off for James Robinson just because they made the change at quarterback. I think he's still going to be fine. I think you can still be confident. Okay, uh, wide receiver. Who uh, who should be in people's lineups this week?
2: Well, I'm going to go back to Tyler Lockett, even though it's very frustrating because if you've noticed the trend over the last couple of weeks, it's like DK, Tyler, DK, and now it stands to reason it would just be Tyler. I know it's not that simple, you don't you don't hand out production like I just like I like I handle movie night you know my two kids every Friday they get to pick a movie and it's a, it's one week or the other you get it one week ahsoka gets it one week Wedge gets it the other and then they pick it finally they both love into the Spider verse so they can you know come together on that one but I think Lockett is just too good to leave on your bench. And I know it's going to be unfortunate sometimes that he's not going to perform as the way that you want him to, but you got to start him. And I'll stay in that game. I'm going to go with Stephon Diggs, who is currently the wide receiver 12 this season. He's really struggled over the last couple of weeks in the same way that Josh Allen has struggled since the first month of the season. But you know what? The Seahawks have allowed the most points per game to wide receivers. They've allowed the most receiving yards per game and you know what Stefan Diggs gets all the targets. He gets close to 30% of the targets, which puts him right around 5th in the NFL amongst the position.
1: I really love the Diggs pick this week and it's interesting you pick, you know, two guys on different sides of that same game, but uh, I'm also with you. I think, you know, NFL bylaws say that both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett cannot simultaneously have good games. Uh so this is probably the Tyler Lockett week, so that's fine. Uh, tight end has been everyone's, the bane of everyone's existence for most of the year, so please help us with a couple of tight end starts for Week 9.
2: Well, Rob Gronkowski, who is my favorite WWE 24-7 champion of all time, <laughs> and I, apparently he was a good football player before that, but whatever. He's had a touchdown in three consecutive weeks now, and now it looks like he's fully returned. He is a guy that we can trust, and especially in a position where we're we're without George Kittle, Travis Kelsey is really the only guy who is consistent, consistently putting up points. Except Rob Gronkowski has been doing that over the last couple of weeks, and he's really shown that connection. Listen, he was retired; he was, you know, not didn't have a training camp or anything like that. He's now finally started to get it going. Rob Gronkowski is an automatic start every week, as is Darren Waller. And if I'm not mistaken, if I if I'm thinking about this correctly, I would say. Darren Waller is the second best tight end in fantasy football. And last week, he broke a streak of, I think it was like he was having a streak of like 15 points a game or he was doing really well. Didn't play, didn't score that well against Cleveland, but he was the most targeted pass catcher in that game, which is what's the most important. Sometimes the point production's not going to be there, but as long as he's being targeted, you have nothing to worry about. This is a good enough matchup against the Chargers in the Battle of LA. And I know exactly what I just said. (laughs) <laughs> I start Darren Waller without any hesitation.
1: So wait, where do the Rams factor into the Battle of LA? Are they just a, are they are they the champions awaiting the, you know, the, the two challengers here or what? It's a triple threat, you know
2: what? and as somebody listen, you live you've lived here long enough. You know like the Raiders are a very popular team here. Like that's mm-hmm. there's no getting around it. And there are certain neighborhoods where they're the number one team. And Vegas is sort of a suburb of Los, Los Angeles anyways,
1: so it kind of makes it kind of fit it kind of fits. No, I think all, of that, all of that is 100% true. I, I have no beef with any of that. Um, all right, defense. A couple of defenses for folks to start this week. Well, I didn't realize how chalky I was when I turned this in. I turned this in <laughs> late on Monday
2: night, and sometimes I'm not thinking. Obviously, the Steelers against the Cowboys, you're going to play them. You don't have to think about that. You drafted the Steelers. You're playing them. The Chiefs are also very good. I think the Chiefs kind of fly under the radar a little bit. I do want to say one thing. You Don't, don't run b-roll or anything because this is a very important point. And I want everybody to know Washington is obviously a good start this week. Everybody picked them up off the waiver wire. Washington was on a buy. You could have picked them up Sunday night. And then you're probably sitting there looking at me like, thanks, rank. I could have used that information yesterday. I understand the Eagles are on a buy this week. They play the giants next week, Sunday night. If you have a guy on your roster who you don't need anymore, drop them, pick up the Eagles. You don't have to burn a waiver claim. But pick up the Eagles. If somebody did not have the foresight to hold them through the bye week, go pick up the Eagles Sunday, Monday, and then you know what? You got your defense already for next week. So I'm sorry that I'm letting you down by telling you to start the Steelers, which you were already going to do.
1: But I gave you a solid tip for the following week. In your defense, though, when you wrote that, you certainly didn't know about the Andy Dalton situation. You didn't that's know if rush was going to start. So, uh, you know, I think, I think you, you can be given a pass on this one. I think that's fine. So, all right, that was Secure Starts presented by Visa. And uh, after we talk about the good starts, we should talk about the not so good starts, which I think actually basically means the sits. So, uh, after that whole long run around, uh, quarterbacks to, for folks to avoid this week, who do you got? Well, it's hard because
2: these quarterbacks, even the guys that are like the QB 19 or whatever, they're still being productive. So, I'm going to say Drew Brees who I'm going to sit this this week. He's currently the the quarterback 13, which in 12-team leagues, that would make him a QB, too. He had 14 fantasy points just over it in week one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That defense is really good. They've allowed just over 14 fantasy points per game this season. They've allowed the seventh-fewest passing touchdowns per game this season. And I think the Buccaneers' defense is so overlooked because everything that's going on with the Bucs with – Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, you forget how good that Bucks defense is. And I don't like Ryan Tannehill as much this week. Now, currently, he's the, the quarterback eight, but he's had fewer than 240 passing yards in back-to-back games. The Bears have allowed the fifth U.S. fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. I think part of that got skewed because Taysom Hill scored a touchdown touchdown. And I think because he's a quarterback that that factors in. I don't know, but <laughs> yes. they've allowed the fewest. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I want to I ask Michael
1: F. Florio about that. That's exactly uh, but, what happened.
2: <laughs> right? It's got to be. And uh, the Bears have allowed the fifth fewest uh, or the fewest passing touchdowns per game this season. The one thing that I want to point out, one of the reasons why I'm saying Ryan Tannehill, the Bears are vulnerable against the run. I think this is a Derrick Henry game. I think that's my biggest thing. Like, I, I, this isn't so much like Ryan, Ryan Tannehill. He's kind of proven himself as like you can start him every week. I'm just saying that I
1: expect this to be a heavy run script with Derrick Henry. To your point, Taysom Hill was the QB nineteen last week because he had 30 rushing yards, 35 receiving yards, and he caught a touchdown. So uh yeah, yeah that's that going into the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. So ridiculous. So yeah, so you're you're not wrong about that. Um, running backs to avoid, who who should we look out for? Well, I'm going to take the coward's way out.
2: Like it's OE. Like it's who? What running back do you bench? Like I'm going to say JD McKissick. But even then, I know that there's somebody listening or watching or whatever. However, however you're absorbing this content, being like, I need to start JD McKissick, and he's not a bad player. But you know what? He's the he's the RB 43. He's had fewer than 10 fantasy points in five of seven games this season. Fewer than 15 fantasy points in every game this year. He's currently out snapping. Antonio Gibson, he's not out producing him. And the Giants give up a lot of production to running backs as receivers out of the backfield, but I think that's going to skew towards Antonio Gibson this week. And I'm also going to advise to go against Jordan Wilkins, who busted out last week on the waiver wire on the bench. Nobody started him. Nobody got those points. Now he's going up against the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens have some injury concerns and things like that, but still they've allowed the third fewest fantasy points per games to running backs this year, the sixth fewest rushing yards per game. I know that, you know, they, they've they given up some production to, to running backs here or there, but I think that the match I, – I, I still think that Jonathan Taylor is going to be in the mix. It was a hot hand issue. I don't like the Colts running back situation at all, so I'm going to avoid them this week, even if you have Jonathan Taylor – or Naheem Hines, whoever you might be starting.
1: Wilkins seems like a severe case of chasing the points. And I had someone who I presume was sort of trolling me in my mentions saying, well, why'd you put Wilkins uh, at the bottom of your waiver wire column this week? You didn't have him last week. You totally dropped the ball. And I'm like, yeah, bro. Uh, uh, Two weeks ago, Wilkins had one yard. Then the week after that, he had negative one yard. So that's a combined zero points for two weeks. So uh, yeah, this just feels like going after something that's probably not going to be there for you. Uh, Okay, so wide receivers. You had Ryan Tannehill as a sit. I would imagine that means his his wide receivers probably people to avoid as well. Yeah, I feel confident,
2: confident, confident, whatever. (laughs) A.J.
1: Brown is fine. Corey
2: Davis is somebody I'm probably going to avoid this week. He's having his Devontae Parker breakout this season, which, by the way, I know you're on the uh, NFL Fantasy Spectacular. Eric Young, the Impact Champion, was on that show with us as well. And in our segment... It was great. I felt like Andy Cohen because it was like such an eclectic mix with Eric Young, Michael F. Florio, and Johnny Bananas. Like, it was so fun. (laughs) Eric made a great point about Corey Davis having an opportunity to break out, and we love seeing it. He's currently the wide receiver, 16, but he's had fewer than 40 receiving yards in two of his last four games. The Bears, again, are really good against running backs. They've allowed the fewest receiving touchdowns to wide receivers this season with just two because last week their two receiving touchdowns they gave up were to a tight end and a quarterback. And as a start, I know you're probably going to run the CeeDee Lamb B-roll. Again, I do this on Monday night, taking the coward's way out, thinking that Andy Dalton could have returned. Uh, But now we're going to avoid all the Cowboys I just want to say this is the Cowboys receivers. You could show a mixtape of this. I don't want any of these receivers. And again, I don't want to say anything bad about Cooper Rush or Ben DiNucci. These young quarterbacks can come into this league and perform well. I don't like the offensive line. I don't like going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm going to sit all of my Cowboys receivers, if possible. I mean, if you're sitting there and you're like, well, is it Cooper or Quintez Cephas? Okay, we might have a conversation. You might want to go with Cooper. (laughs) Although I kind of like Cephas. I think that's kind of fun. But I understand in most normal circumstances, although there are a lot of good receivers. out. That's the one thing. Like there's a lot of good receivers out this week. You got both Rams guys out. You got Tyler Boyd we talked about. T Higgins. I think there's, there's somebody else that I'm missing too. There's another, there's two I think the Browns are the off.
1: The Browns are off. So Jarvis Landry's no not don't available. No Jarvis Landry.
2: You know what? Like it's a bad week. Like, God oh, this yeah. is kind of tough. So, you know, there's going to be some streamable receivers. I should tweet out the thing I did on fantasy live on Tuesday to help people out.
1: All right. Tight end has been such a mess for us this week. So which, which tight ends are inevitably going to break our hearts in week nine? Well, don't chase the fantasy points with Trey Burton. Although it's
2: fun to talk about how he has two rushing touchdowns this season. That's as many as Clyde Edwards E Lair. That's more rushing touchdowns than David Montgomery, more rushing touchdowns than Devin Singletary. It's as many rushing touchdowns as Lamar Jackson, too. So it's funny. Like it's I don't know what Frank Reich's trying to prove. Does he really hate Matt Nagy or something? Like he's like, I'm gonna keep giving, I'm gonna keep feeding. Like they're feeding. Trey Burton at the goal line. I just don't want to try. I don't want to chase that in fantasy. And another tight end that I like, but has never really stepped up, is Logan Thomas. This again, we go back to the talk, the, the discussion we were having about Evan Ingram, about like how you just I'll wait it out with Evan Ingram, knowing that I'm going to get between ten to ten to twelve points. Because Logan Thomas is so volatile. Like I want to like him, but I can't trust him, so I'm not going to start
1: him. So he's on the bench this week. I feel like Logan Thomas basically is just getting his steps in on Wednesday because he's out on the field a lot. He's running a lot of routes. And I guess he's getting a decent number of targets. But the production hasn't been there, so I'm not really sure what he's accomplishing other than getting cardio in uh, for the Washington football team every single week. Uh, All right, finally, defenses to avoid. Who who should people be aware of? I don't know.
2: Like, the teams that are going up against good squads. Like, I don't know. Like, I I wish I didn't have to – this is so difficult. Like, you know who you start and who you don't start – so you got to pick teams that rain. Like, although I will say the Chargers, the Chargers to me, like, that's a team that I feel like people pick up. And they might have picked them up last week going up against Drew Locke in Denver and we're like, oh, okay, cool. I I think that this Raiders team can move the ball enough to where I don't want to play the Chargers this week. If I can find some other streaming option, if I could pick up the Washington FT or find somebody else like that, then I feel a little bit better about that. So I think the Chargers, not quite – not quite what they thought we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season, so I don't necessarily believe in them. Of course, as always, check the NFL.com fantasy rankings before you make any final decision. And again, I put the Cowboys on there because I'm a coward, and they make me pick somebody. Like, I don't know Cowboys. Like, I don't want to start them. Listen, use the NFL.com fantasy rankings. They're very – like, you know the teams that you don't want. You don't want to play the Giants. Like, actually, I will tell you this. I I know we're talking about sits right now. The giants are not a bad streamable option this week. I think that go, and I know I'm ruining the, the, the B roll and everything. And the producers are going to get mad at me and be like, can you give us a heads up next time? Like, no, because it's his stream of consciousness. And I just thought about the giants We're we're streaming the, the Washington FT. You can actually stream the giants on the other side. If you miss out on that, because it's like Kyle Allen is not, you know, some great, it's not some great quarterback. No, he's not Kirk. Was Kirk Cousins really going to be the default good Washington quarterback? Why can't I think Mark <laughs> Ripon? Like, how far do I have to go back? Alex Smith. There, he was a fine quarterback. Um, but I think the Giants, because again, the Giants were playing hard, and I thought they played really well against the Bucs. I mean, it's you know, they were in that game. So that's a team. So I just gave you an extra streamable one instead of one that you can sit. Thank there you. you go. See? Rank. Thanks for telling me not to play the cowboys. You saved me. I know. This is what I do. I'm so bonus. I mean we're 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 start the Steelers. Bench the Cowboys. I'm amazing.
1: (laughs) For more information like that, for more mind-blowing tips like that, you can go check it out at nfl.com slash start and sit for the full list. Uh, of Adam Rank starts and sits for the week. So if you haven't already, be sure to check out Fantasy Bites. I'd say it's our new show, but, I mean, we're nine weeks into the season, so it's not quite as new anymore, but it is still just as fun and informative. It stars Adam Rank, Kimmy Checks, and Michael F. Florio. You can see it every Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern, streaming at all the normal places, NFL.com, the Fantasy app, and at YouTube as well. And, uh, Adam Rank, what is on tap for this week's edition of Fantasy Bites?
2: Well, we're going to make some predictions for the second half of the season – we're going to talk a little bit about dk metcalf and then i'm sure we're going to fa- uh, we're going to spend a fair amount of time on that show with me yelling at florio for those points for Taysom hill counting against the bears fpa cuz this is really aggravating me i love that he is to blame for this that somehow he's going to be accountable he's the one he's my scapegoat like it's like the people <laughs> Who and I'm I filmed the PSA about the Taysom Hill situation earlier today, so you can look forward to that. But it's like we always get scapegoated for this stuff. Like, why can't I do this? I'm like, bro, talk to the Saints. Don't talk to me. Like they're the ones that make these rules, not me. I'm just I'm just the person trying to give you the information. Don't get upset at me.
1: I, I really do feel like you know you take your beefs out with Sean Payton because it has nothing to do with us. We're just going by uh, the rules that, that were already written, so to so talk to Sean Payton about it. Okay, uh, as we always do at this time of the show, it is time for wiretaps. Some of the guys that you might have grabbed off the waiver wire this past week and whether or not you should start them. Zach Moss, uh, a guy who was very popular this week, especially after his two touchdowns the, the previous week. The Seahawks' defense has been pretty good against running backs, but would you give Zach Moss a try this week?
2: Yeah, that's really my only hesitation is how well the Seahawks have been able to stop Opposing running backs, because it's pretty clear that Zach Moss is the goal line back for the Buffalo Bills. I believe the secession for for rushing touchdowns in Buffalo goes Josh Allen probably number one, Zach Moss, every member of the Goo Goo Dolls, even the touring <laughs> guys, and then Devin Singletary. So I kind of like I kind of like having that that I don't know. I would again always consult the final rankings for uh, on the NFL.com all new on the, on the fantasy app and everything like that. But I, 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 am a big believer in Zach Moss. Like he's a player that I drafted, refused to drop. And so if you're, if you're hurting this, because again, if you were starting Daryl Henderson, if you were starting Gio Bernard or somebody like that, you might be in a position to where you have to start him. And I don't think it's a terrible option. So I like Zach Moss this week.
1: I like Zach Moss this week just because of that touchdown upside that you mentioned. And I was also today years old when I learned that the Goo Goo Dolls were from Buffalo. I had no idea. You didn't know that. I did not know that. I didn't. So uh, I learned something new today. But I I would start Zach Moss just because, as you mentioned, you you may be short at running back. And if you have to start a guy sort of on a hope, uh, you you want to start a guy that, that is going to get the ball down near the goal line. And that is going to be Zach Moss's role. He has slid in very nicely. Uh, to the Frank Gore role, and I think been a little bit more effective this year than Gore was last year. So that is at least enough to give me some some hope. Uh, same game, though. DJ Dallas, who had a couple touchdowns against the 49ers last week. I know the Seahawks have some issues. They're still waiting to see what happens with Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde. I feel like, at worst, uh, Dallas is the number two running back against the Bills. Is that good enough for you to give him a start?
2: I would like him to be the solo back. I, I want him to be that featured role then I would trust it a little bit more because then then we get into a situation where we just don't know what the Seahawks are going to do. They like Chris Carson an awful lot. They will give him opportunities when he's on the roster, healthy, ready to go. But when he, if he's a solo artist, like if he breaks away from the band and he's doing his own thing, I'm starting him. I, I thought that he was really impressive last week. And going back to the fantasy spectacular that we did, Mark Sessler did a whole thing. Based on drafting guys on their names, just on their names alone. And DJ Dallas was one of his favorite players because it's DJ, D-E-E, J A Y, not D period, J period, like DJ Chark or DJ Moore. DJ. And he loved him. And so I've always kept an eye on him, like just for the weird (laughs) things, you know, that we do. And when he got a chance, they're like, oh my God, Sessler's guy is going to come through. This is amazing. And uh, I really I thought I, I thought though, again, he was impressive. And if he has an opportunity to do it by himself, I would happily start him.
1: Yeah, I think I think if Chris Carson's there, uh, I'm probably staying away from DJ Dallas. But, uh, again, if, if it ends up that he is the, the guy, uh, then I'm on board. Last week I was hesitant because I, I thought Travis Homer was going to work in more, and that ended up not being the case. It was pretty much the DJ Dallas show. So if it ends up being that again this week, I feel a lot better about it. And also I do think the fact that he's D-E-E-J-A-Y is uh, – criminally it's underrated si- it's significant it definitely it is. is it really is underrated all right all right last one uh you talked about jordan wilkins uh, as a guy to avoid this week naheem hines uh, not only had a couple touchdowns but also had that incredible we're calling it a round off i we need you know yeah. we need uh we need editor and and former gymnast brooks or Sosimo to come and tell us officially what that was um but whatever it, would you start him against the ravens defense this week I really do believe that he was
2: crediting Jeff Hardy for that move, trying to jump off the top rope or something like that. Yeah. I might have seen that, somebody might have sent that to me on Twitter. Again, I don't like the I don't like the Colts running back situation. They play the hot hand. Frank Reich even came out and said that. Like, oh, we like we didn't expect these running backs to do as well as they did. They were going into it thinking that Jonathan Taylor was going to get a huge huge portion of the carries, and he just didn't do anything with it. And so people get, that's the one thing too. It's like, people come back and get mad at us. Thanks for telling me, Jonathan Taylor. I'm like, bro, the Colts coaching staff was trying to make that happen. Like, I can't help it if he cannot perform. I'm just telling you what we think is going to happen. I'm not calling the plays. I'm not handing off the football. I'm just giving you the analysis. It's like the people who get mad at John King. Like, he's just reporting what's going on. He's not in the ballot box. So leave him alone. But uh, but I'm gonna try to avoid the Colts running backs. This this it just I don't I don't like the matchup. I don't like the situation. It's too volatile. I'm out.
1: Yeah, I want no parts of the the Colts offense this week, especially not against the Ravens. Especially because the Ravens you know were not great last week. I mean, I know they you know they made it interesting in that game against the Steelers, but ended up losing. I think they're gonna be a little bit frustrated, and I think they're gonna take it out on that Colts offense. So I, I'm with you. Certainly no part of the passing game, but whether it's Taylor or Hines or Wilkins. Uh, if I can stay away from them, I'm probably staying away from them this week. And uh, by the way, don't take it out on Florio. He's just reporting the news. He's not the one who no 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 no.
2: Florio is definitely the one to blame. That, <laughs> he's the one who died. He's the one who did this to me. So Sorry, I Mike. will blame him.
1: Sorry. I tried. I tried. All right. Uh, In the meantime, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by DraftKings. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, don't worry about the world ending today because it's already tomorrow in Australia. Be safe, take care of yourselves, wear a mask, and we'll see you on Friday.